M is for mother wound. And this is one of those ones where it's a term that gets banded around a lot. And I know I have banded it around a lot. And my perception of it may be different than other people's definition of it. So for me, the word mother wound is equally relevant wherever we sit on biological sex, gender. It's relevant to all of us because we are, we all as infants needed a mother, aka the safe enough other, to provide emotional, physical, mental, nurturing. And our mothers can only provide what they are capable of so with the best will in the world every human who gives birth to a child is going to do the best job they can with what they have in inverted commas <laughs> okay there are the exceptions there's you know there's a 0.01% of exceptions in every case because humans and none of us were mothered how we needed to be mothered none of us not us not our mothers not our mother's mothers none of us because no one can meet us where we are none of us know who we are so this piece about being a mother and birthing someone who has grown from yourself must put a challenge into it because like I see all the ways in which all the mothers (laughs) will project who they think their child is onto the child and it doesn't matter how much work we've done it's always going to be perfectly imperfect it's never going to be perfect because even if you are the most clean no baggage got your shit together we still aren't the other and an infant goes from being a part of us if we're female to being separate to us and that evolution in and of itself is a massive challenge it's a massive challenge for the infant growing child adolescent it's a massive challenge for the mother if she's even aware of it because the child needs to get to autonomy and I've never been a mother so it's not a problem that I've ever had to have because my the beings in my care are never going to get to autonomous I can give them as many choices as I can but they're domesticated animals they wouldn't survive in the wild all I can do is give them choices and make the best decisions I can for them as a parent eventually that being is going to go out into the world on their own And we need to allow that to happen. So from my perception as a child, having been a child and having witnessed both parents and children, there is such a great gap between what the infant needs and what the mother is able to provide. And listening back to yesterday's on love and the unconditional love and what's mine and what's not mine... It's very difficult with someone who has been made by you 
to recognise them as different and that their needs might not be what we perceive them to be. Because ultimately we have to make choices in order to provide care. So there comes a part of our lives as children growing up where we have to separate from the parents. And when the parent has been both authority figure and main carer, it's very challenging to free ourselves from that. I mean, often I find people's inner critic has come from their mother. Their mother or a caregiver is the voice of their inner critic. We all have an inner critic, and as I've said before, inner critic is useful in some areas, but we need to keep them in balance so they don't run the show and create paralysis because we can't ever do the right thing. Um, And so when we've had a perception of an authority figure, it's quite difficult to become our own authority. It's quite difficult to step into our own power when we have an internalised voice of that authority figure as well as you know the natural if you like inner critic so it can become off kilter and it can really affect our self-esteem and so the mother wound tend to show, tends to show up in life as a lack of self-esteem a lack of healthy boundaries a lack of healthy relationships or an inability to maintain healthy relationships. Um, And I guess it's partly where the expectation thing comes from as well, I would imagine. This expecting someone else to meet all our needs, because as a child, someone else did need to meet all our needs. And yet, in a lot of ways, depending on who our mother is and her own issues, she may have been able to meet us really well emotionally but not physically or she may have been able to meet us mentally but not emotionally or physically she may have been absent completely for whatever reason so there's there's so many different scenarios but the the general thing is that we all carry this internalized authority figure And this never having been truly met, so never having figured out how we can truly meet ourselves. So the reparenting is challenging to begin with because we haven't had a role model who has been able to entirely meet us. And as I say, that isn't the blame doesn't lie with our parents because our parents were parented too. So it's like. A cultural, systemic, just a human thing that we have not been met truly and we also haven't been released into freedom truly because of the way we are parented. I saw a great one the other day where someone had said, you know, I'm a fully functioning adult I have a career, I have a mortgage, (laughs) I have three children, and my mum has just told me off for getting sunburned. (laughs) It's like, 
It's exactly. It's like I'm middle-aged and my mum is still telling me off of things. I'm lucky my mum doesn't tell me off of things anymore because she knows it just uh, is falling on deaf ears. It just doesn't happen. Um, so I have managed to begin the process, let's say, of healing the mother wound and healing my relationship with my actual mother. And I am now able to see the places where it has been challenging for her and therefore for me. So one of those places is that she's heavily critical, heavily critical. And yet when there isn't anyone else around for her to criticize, that criticism turns in on herself, which is painful to watch because it's unnecessary. And is that recognition that, like I said in the judgment episode, that when we're judging others or criticizing others, it's often as a protection from doing that to ourselves. Because if our inner critic is so running the game because of our mother wound, then what else do we have? So I am able to now recognize that and allow that neutral space so that if the criticism ever heads my way, which I don't ever witness it these days, whether it heads my way when I'm not in presence of her, I don't know and I don't care. But it, if it was to ever head my way, I would be in right relationship to myself and my own inner parents that that isn't going to hit me because it's just one person's perception. I was trying to explain the other day to someone about how my relationship to my parents is different now. Like, I am finally, at the age of 49, I am finally in a state where I can see them as the individual humans. I've had compassion for them for a long time, but I haven't been, like, cleanly, cord-cuttedly <laughs> separate from them. There has felt like a part of me... had some responsibility for their feelings still and this is you know classic codependency I'm like my life is my own those people brought me into the world and I'm at one point in my life for a long time in my life I was not grateful for that I wished I'd never been born now I'm grateful that I have come into this world and that I've lived this journey and I'm so I'm grateful to them and I'm grateful for all the experiences they've gifted me and I recognise that they no longer have any power over me. And I think that power exchange or rebalance has enabled me to be much more cleanly loving of them because there is a finally enough separation. And although I did physically separate, I came 200 miles away, that has helped but it's really the emotional separation that has been necessary. And the, they now see me as an adult. And they obviously all still, they both still have their own stuff about I am their child. I will always be their child. But I am their child less than, say, some of my other siblings. And, and potentially other relationships between parents and children. Because I am cleanly not going to fall into that codependent mother wound <laughs> relate way of relating whereby my esteem is dictated by them my choices in life 
are no longer uh, chosen by them. I do. I'm not. I'm no more interested in if their opinion of what I'm doing is thinking it's bad and wrong than I am if anyone else does. It doesn't bother me. And I wonder if, on some level. I would say this has certainly been true for me. There is an aspect of pedestaling. So I would say pedestaling is when we put someone on a pedestal um, and we think they are bigger, better, greater than we are. Now, on some level, as a child with a parent, whether or not our needs are met, we have to be good and pleasant and we can't allow our caregiver to leave us, right? Because we need, literally, need what they can give us until such time as we can be a little bit more independent. And so that pedestaling kind of feels like, um, archetypally, it feels like moving away from the midline of knowing that we need them, but not over-needing them, and into, I have put this person up there so they have more power over me than is necessary as an adult. Like, as an adult... Certainly, once we start reparenting ourselves, that person A doesn't have any power over us, shouldn't have any power over us, even their opinions <laughs> shouldn't have any power over us, certainly their wants and their needs shouldn't have any power over us. We should be able to stand on our own two feet and feel into is this something that I'm willing to provide? Is this something that I'm willing to give them if they have a need? And it is edgy. It's edgy because somewhere deep down inside we are still that child that needed this person in order for us to actually survive. So, like, for survival needs. And if we look around at the humans around us, there aren't very many people who we actually needed for our survival needs back in the day. So, of course, that relationship is always going to be edgy. The other place it's edgy is that, uh, as a woman, when we are born, we are a female child born of a female. And so, biologically, we know how other women work. We may not be conscious that we know how they work, but we know our little manipulations. We know we use words as weapons. We, we know all the little ways... We know that, you know, we use victimhood and we sometimes weaponize it. And, you know, there's loads of way where, ways where, even if it's only subconscious, we know as we start to develop and grow our independence, we start to know and feel where there are aspects of our mother in particular trying to control us that are not healthy for us. They are literally for them. And as the mother, it must be very hard, as I said, because this person did come from you, and therefore, how do you get to the point of separation? But with a female child, it's easier, because the, as, a, as a female ourselves, we know all the tricks. So we can stand up for ourselves, and we can begin our own independence in a way that male children struggle more with, because we understand how the female works. So we can get to the point where we will rebel, or we will wear the wrong things or we will stay out late at night or whatever it is that is our own way of starting to sort of stamp out (laughs) that um, controlling aspect of mother and 
we will be able to find our way through to some semblance of separation. Now, that doesn't mean emotionally or mentally we haven't been able to separate. It may only be on the physical realm, and we may carry our mother as in a critic. We may carry our mother as codependency. There's a lot of places where it doesn't end up being clean, and yet we have a potential. Whereas for male children, males and females are so different, the way our brains biologically work are so different, that it's much, much more difficult for them because anyone who's been in a relationship, anyone female who's been in a relationship with a male, will recognise, you know, we do, we are like why on earth would you do that or why on earth would you think that because they're so different to us so they have a much bigger struggle if the mother isn't snip snipping the cord herself they have a much bigger challenge a to not become a parentified child where they end up mothering the mother particularly if the mother's relationship with the father or with the man in the house is not great and they have a much bigger challenge of freeing themselves from that pedestaled relationship where the mother is the centre of the universe because they don't understand how we work. And so it's beholden on the mother almost more to release their boy children into the wild because the girl children will manage that on some level themselves. Um... And it's, you know, I see it endemic in our culture, this, the relationships men have with their mothers speaks volumes of what sort of relationship those men will have with a female in an intimate relationship. Because I personally believe the mother wound shows up similarly and differently in males and females. And in men, it is often the good boy, the provider, and yet he's so intent on providing for the old family, the childhood family, that he is unable to be fully in relationship with the adult family, as in the family he's chosen to have as an adult. Um, And so on that level, as a child, we are living with a mother who is in her own way imperfect and flawed and is only able to meet us in the way she's able to meet us and we are likely high probable chance likely living with a father figure who is in himself on some level still attached unhealthily to his mother and so you know the mother wound coming via the mother and the mother wound coming via the father's mother is you know like quite a shitstorm of stuff that we have to process through whether it's on a conscious level or an unconscious level and so the key pieces for me and the reason I'm not speaking as frequently about mother wound anymore is a mine does feel much more in right relation um I'm aware of it but it's not running the show and I think the main aspects of it, so the self-esteem issues, the relating issues, the codependency issues, I speak of them in all different manner, in all different ways. So mother wound is just sort of in some ways just another word to put on it. And 
it, in some ways, the, the phrase itself, because of the way our culture is, the phrase itself can land as a blame of an individual mother. Like, if I say my mother wound, there is a perception potentially in others that I mean it's my mother, my mother's fault, my mother is to blame because of our blame culture. And so I'm kind of transitioning away from the word because that's not what I believe at all. I believe this mother wound is just literally an inherent part of being human and growing up. And we all carry it on some level until we clean it up and lovingly nurture the edges of it. And so sometimes it lands better as, you know, speaking of codependency, because that is more neutral language. Um, And obviously, you know, our our early childhood models, whoever they are, uh, mother, father, siblings, uncles, aunts, grandparents, how they show up in the world impacts us so deeply in terms of they are our role models. And one of the things that has been a gift for me has been finding my own role models who I can respect and look to for potential ways of being in the world and potential ways of working through things so rather than there being any one right way like everyone has their own route through everyone has their own challenges everybody has their own route that works for them and so it's, it's more for me about there is no right or wrong and what are the individual challenges inherent in this for myself and how can I move forward and look at these role models. They may or may not have a way that works for me. They, I may be able to follow this person so far or I may be able to take this piece from this person and, you know, jigsaw piece it next to this piece from this person and those two pieces together may work for me in a way they may not work for someone else. And so I feel gifted that I have been able to witness different people living their truth and being authentic in a way that means that even if it's not necessarily comfortable for me, I have learned from it. So one of the one of my good examples of this is the first time I went on teacher training, and uh, my teachers have great boundaries, really, really good boundaries. And I had never been in a situation where I was living in a situation with where the leaders had such good boundaries. It was excruciating for me, and it was excruciating for all the other people on the course at that time we all had a really big ride with this because the boundaries felt so much like an attack and put us so into our wounded children that we had to kind of like unpick our way out of that and realize that these boundaries are loving and clean it's just that we're not used to being in a situation where there are really good clean clear well verbalized boundaries like they really felt like whenever they like explained a boundary to us that you know we were bad or wrong and that this was you know our problem and it's like looking back and seeing that it was such a gift but it was a real 
uncomfortable situation to start with and then gradually over the years every time I went for a week I realized that this place felt more and more like home it felt like a home that I don't feel like I'd ever had it was the nearest thing to home that I could speak to and at that stage I was pretty much a hermit on the small holding looking after the animals I didn't like going out at all I was you know I was having my own mental health issues and you know I was I was very very uh introverted to the point of avoiding humanity and yet I wanted to go to this place where there were other people and I was going to have to live with other people because it felt like home in my heart in a way that I'd never felt home in my heart because it was safe because it was so boundaried and I knew that if I had an issue I could speak my truth to my teachers and it would be taken on board and they would do what they could to enable me to work through that and that when they weren't available or able to do that they would state so which as I've said before a no can feel really really hard um, for us when we're in our wounded child and so it gradually became clear that I was looking to this place as home because particularly when I was you know activated into my inner child it was the safest place to be certainly in that activated state and then when I moved down here I realised that this was more home than that place was and that felt so good because it felt like wow I finally feel like aged whatever I was then 45 that I had found a home of my own that felt safe one of my big pieces over the years has been not feeling safe not feeling safe around humans not feeling safe not feeling like anywhere is home because to me a home would feel safe and I'd never felt safe so this flip side of going on this training and the boundaries being excruciating and scary to start with and then once I relaxed into them and recognized what they were gifting me which was parameters and edges realizing that that made it so much a safer space than any other space I had encountered in my life which I have then moved forward into bringing into my own life here and my own home here of you know exploring having the best edges that I can and the most loving boundaries you know boundaries being the distance at which I can love you and I simultaneously and that's not always comfortable for people because as I know from my own experience boundaries can feel like an attack when we're not used to them so recognising that part of my mother wound was related to not feeling safe ever and I would imagine I mean my mind may be extreme but I would imagine that a lot of people have that on some level if they have been unmet as a child and in some ways all of us have been unmet somewhere as a child none of us had the perfect childhood because we're humans and perfection doesn't exist and so it's recognising how having clear edges and that piece of what is mine and what is not mine is such a gift to being able to sit in loving attention of the pieces of the mother wound such as the esteem issues and the 
relating issues and the codependency issues and know that you know I am moving through them in the way that is right for me but that having clean edges really helps me be safe and when I am neutral in my expression of those edges to other people whatever comes up for them in that is theirs just as with my teachers when I first attended they then putting in neutral boundaries that were loving felt horrendous to me me putting in loving boundaries with someone else can feel horrendous to them and it can be actually not mine to deal with if I know I've done it as cleanly and as neutrally and as lovingly as I can I'm just speaking my truth and I'm speaking up for what's right for me and even that you know from a mother wound perspective even that is a challenge and certainly can be a challenge so having more the more role models we have who are able to do that and we are able to witness the better it is the more able we are to move forward and become our own best advocate really become the speaker of our own truth uh, and not sort of uh, just sort of sliding around the edges or not speaking our truth for fear of how it might impact the other and then obviously the fear of what the reprisals to us might be from that we need to be confident enough in our own truth and in our own space that when we speak it if it if what comes back at us is an attack because it feels uncomfortable for the other that we can feel that too and obviously you know that that is we only learn that by experiencing it and exploring it um so on that note i'm going to leave this one here and i will speak to you soon much love bye-bye